0: Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the fields of psychology and mental health, with your host, Gabe Howard, and featuring Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and
1: welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show. My name is Gabe Howard, and I am joined,
2: as always, by Vincent M. Wales. And, Vin, Hello. Want to talk about this week. Well, as you know, I'm on vacation this week, and yet here I am on the show. <laughs> For those listening in, this is our first remote broadcast. I am in Lake Tahoe at the moment. You know, I first I first heard of Lake Tahoe being, you know, being an East Coast kid. I I never, never got out here until I, I moved west. But my mother, who lived out here since I was probably five years old, she was the one who first told me about Lake Tahoe. She would send me photographs and she said it was the most beautiful place on Earth. Tahoe is beautiful. The first time I came here, it was it was a bit of a weird experience for me because in my head, all I was thinking about was, you know, my mom came here. And I was seeing the same things that she saw and being on the same roads that she was on. Now, our listeners are probably saying, what's the big deal about that? Well, my mother sort of abandoned me when I was five. She left me with her parents and she moved west. And I was—I stayed in Pennsylvania and was raised by my grandparents. I didn't realize until many, many, many years later just how much that screwed me up because she did abandon me, even though we kept in touch, you know, over the years and until she passed away. Uh, it, it really did mess me up. And I know that you and I have uh, a little bit of a similar experience with that, don't we? We do. And I,
1: I sort of came to realize it in the same way that you did. My my mother, who who takes a, a beating in, in my, my talks, and I, so I want to yell out, I, I love you, mom, and I'm sorry. Uh, she was a high school mom she she became pregnant her senior year of high school and my biological father he didn't stick around they they were married briefly but but he was not a good guy and the proof of that is that he abandoned me and my mom and what's interesting though is and i want to point this out is that my mother remarried when i was two and that man adopted me and that's why my last name is howard just like the rest of my family and he raised me just like i was his own And, and in fact i i feel no different to him Uh, than I can imagine feeling toward any family. I call him dad. When people say, your stepdad, right? I I immediately reject that. He is my dad. But even with all of that, I I still feel very strongly that my biological father ditched me. And even though I'm 40 years old and intellectually I understand that he didn't ditch me and that, you know, he was just a jerk, I still want to know why I wasn't good enough. What was wrong with me? And I even got a replacement dad. I, I know that's kind of a funny thing to say, but I don't consider myself part of a divorced family. I, I don't consider my, my dad a stepdad, but my biological father, he, well, I, I think you said it best when you said it it messed me up because I want to know why I wasn't good enough.
2: And you know, it's, it's interesting because as you know, you and I have discussed this many times over the years and I keep telling you, it has absolutely nothing to do with you being good enough, right? It has nothing to do with you. This was not your fault. But what we're experiencing here is that these abandonment issues, they create attachment disorders as we go through life. Uh, This was basically put forth initially by a British psychologist slash psychiatrist slash psychoanalyst named John Bowlby. And he basically said that the relationships that we have when we are very, very young with our caregivers such as a a mother or father. They do an awful lot to shape us. And when things go badly in those relationships, we can end up like, well, like you and me.
1: (laughs) It's fascinating, And, and I'm gonna say this because Uh, On one hand, I I consider myself very much messed up by this. I want to be honest, and I want to own it. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop with the relationships that I have with people. When am I going to get fired? When are you going to get sick of me? When is the friendship going to end? And I've known you probably longer than anybody, Vin, and you've said numerous times, you know, dude, I'm not going anywhere even when I try to get rid of you. (laughs) But even with all that said, I can't help it. I'm 40 Mm -hmm. years old, and I'll I'll use my own family as an example. I'm still waiting on my mom and dad to leave. 40 years old, they're not going anywhere. I know they're not going anywhere. So the next logical step is for me to assume that they will go against their will, either by death or accident or just something will happen to take me from them. And this was further solidified in my life by the death of my aunts when I was very young. When I was Mm 2 years old, my... My Aunt Debbie passed away, and when I was eight years old, my Aunt Shelly passed away, which are my mother's sisters. So Mm -hmm. I was very close with them, because again, my mother lived at home, uh, and they're gone. So even though I knew they loved me and they were awesome, circumstance took them away. You know, the, the universe just decided I didn't need an aunt, apparently. So I can't defeat it intellectually, because there's other ways that people can leave you. And I'm very much expecting that in
2: pretty much everything. So what you're what you're experiencing is one of the very common reactions to having an attachment disorder. You are afraid that everybody's going to leave. I come from kind of a, a slightly a different slant. It's not that I expect people to leave. It's just that I I kind of I glom onto people. When I when there's somebody that I I meet, it could be a friend, it could be a potential love interest or, or what have you, I sort of become a leech, <laughs> you know, I, I latch onto them and say, no, you're not going anywhere. It's not that I'm afraid they are. It's just that I need them right there. Uh, it's just, it's the way my, my brain thinks I, I will do everything I can to make a relationship good so that there's no cause for somebody to leave.
1: As you know, I, I have listeners to this show, people that have read my work, they, they know that I describe myself as a person with bipolar disorder and an anxiety disorder and it's interesting because I don't know where the anxiety ends, the attachment disorder begins, the abandonment issues. You know, they're, they're all mm-hmm. sort of balled up in my own head because I'm a very anxious person and I'm, I do tend to be paranoid. Again, it is very paranoid to think that, you know, your boss is going to fire you because you were five minutes late one morning an impeccable history. You're, you're great. You've won accommodations, whatever. And then, oh, I got stuck in traffic. So clearly I'm going to be fired. And that's very typical of somebody with an anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. So have to wonder, and, and this is where it all, you know, gets mixed up in the head of Gabe. What part of that is my young experiences with abandonment from not only my biological father, but, you know, again, aunts, friends, etc. Uh, and how much of it is just, you know, anxiety,
2: the world may never know.
1: <laughs> but it's interesting because we want to know. And that's what, that's what the study of psychiatry and the study of psychology is. It's not mm-hmm. a definitive answer. It's about finding ways to narrow it down
2: so that treatment can be had. Gabe, you and I have very similar reactions to our attachment disorders. We, we behave in similar ways and have similar thought processes. But there is another way that people react to abandonment and, and form their attachment disorders that's very unlike ours, and that is that they become avoidant, right? They avoid relationships because of the fear of being abandonment. They, they, they don't try to make them, they don't cling on to people. They just avoid it altogether to avoid being hurt again. Now, to me, that's a really alien way to react, but I've seen it a lot, now, Vin, would you say that this has, is, is agoraphobia
1: something like this, or do you think that that's too far afield? And I mean, we know that agoraphobics, you know, tend to avoid situations, avoid people. There, there's obviously, you know, they stay in their homes and refuse to leave. Could this be because they're afraid that society is going to hurt them, abandon them, they don't want to attach to them? Or is this just completely off the off the scope as far as you're concerned?
2: Well, clearly agoraphobia is, is intimately related to anxiety. But... To say that it has anything to do with, you know, an attachment disorder, I suppose that there are some cases where they could be related in, in certain people, but there are plenty of agoraphobics out there who don't have attachment issues, so I, I don't think it's fair to really go that far.
1: That's fair. The, the thing that struck me is, in I am a very extroverted person, obviously. I have a podcast. I write, and I stand up, and I tell people about my, my illnesses, and that's that's a very extroverted thing to do, so... When I, Gabe Howard, think of an agoraphobic, I think, wow, why are you so afraid of people? And I'm afraid that people are going to hurt me. So in, in in my mind, they seem to be linked, which, of course, doesn't work or I would be agoraphobic. But it's it's just kind of one of the things that popped into my head. I don't understand the fear of people, even though I'm afraid people are going to hurt me. I still want them to be around me, which is odd and something that I talk about a lot. In- <laughs> So, Vin, I, I, you and I have been friends a long time. Our, our listeners are very, very aware of this. And and I think that, in a way, our, our early childhood experiences and the fact that we're both from a small town help shape this. Because, like you said, you your mother left and you don't know why. You had some interaction with her but not enough to explain this. And there's little triggers along the way that remind you of this. Like, for example, you're in Lake Tahoe and this reminded you of your mother, which reminded you of... Uh, You know, some of the the trauma, we'll go with trauma, Mm -hmm. past about her. I have sort of the same experience in that I am six foot three with red hair and the rest of my family is, you know, five foot seven with black hair. So one of the questions that always comes up when we would go out is, oh, where did you get your red hair from? And the first thing that would pop in my mind is from my biological father who ditched me. See, I would have thought up something a lot more humorous than that. (laughs) As I got older and more sarcastic and snarky, I, I did. I would start to cry and say, oh, my God, I'm adopted, aren't I? And my mother would roll her eyes and say, oh, God, this again. <laughs> uh, but even, you know, listen, I, I was a handful as a, as, as a teenager, but it was a coping mechanism because that question hurt me. Why are you pointing out that I'm different? I don't want to be different. So, Vin, what I just described is that I didn't—I felt like I didn't belong in my own family. Did you ever feel that way?
2: No, I never did. Um, I was very lucky to have an amazing family who always made me felt like part of it. And and honestly, I—I uh, I never had any reason to think I wasn't. It was my family. I was with my my grandparents and and my aunt and uncle, who once I was legally adopted became uh, my brother and sister. And yeah, super close. Still are everything was fine. I was very lucky in that respect.
1: I, I'm close to my family as well. My grandmother is my, my favorite person in the whole wide world. And obviously that's that's my mother's mother. So I'm not saying my mom and I never have issues, but but we are close. And for a guy whose biological father abandoned him, I, I did great. I did great. The man that I call dad, I, I love him just an incredible amount. And I can't imagine that there is more love to have for a father I certainly don't love him less than I love my mother. So the question that I ask is why? Why is this haunting me? Why is all these years later, can't I just say, hey, I got a replacement. That dad broke.
2: I got a new dad. Why is that not good enough? And you have an answer to this. I don't know how much of an explanation this is, but to me, abandonment is traumatic. Whether we, we feel it as a trauma or not. Subconsciously, we're traumatized when somebody leaves when your when your birth father stepped out and went bye-bye that was traumatic for you so anything that reminds you of of him being absent is repeating the trauma it's like a, it's like a ptsd flashback
1: it makes a lot of sense it it's a bit like in a, in a way again as far as analogies go like getting in a car accident and not wanting to ride in a car for a few days or... sure Something like that. Now, of course, I I suppose I can't just, you know, drive around a lot and get over it. But what does a person do if they're feeling this way? I mean, you and I have a ton of coping skills that I'm sure you and I
2: could share for an hour long episode. But, you know, what do the professionals? say? I think one of the first things that somebody ought to do is actually become familiar with attachment disorders, read about them, you will probably be surprised at at how much resonates with your personal experiences. When I when I started studying this, I was just like, holy cow, this is this is me in in, in a textbook. It was kind of uh, <laughs> kind of wild. So yeah, get to know about them in general, and then recognize what your particular attachment pattern is, because everybody's you know a little bit different. I mentioned the ones that are avoidant, and then there's the ones like us who are the opposite of that. Of course, therapy. If you could find a therapist who has experience, uh, expertise in in attachment theory, definitely get in line with that person. That's basically the way to start, I think. Um, If you're already with somebody and you're having issues that, you know, are caused by your attachment disorder, then clearly, you know, going to therapy together is probably a good idea, too. I once
1: had a friend that told me that no matter how hard you try, you will reach a certain age, you will open your mouth, and your parents will fall out. (laughs) And and that's very true. I, I find myself standing in line, holding up the whole line so that I can pay with the exact change out of my pocket, just like my father used to do. We get a lot of good things from our parents, but we get the bad things too, whether that parent is absentee or not. In my case, I got great things from the parents that stuck around. I, I call them my real parents. And the biological guy gave me some baggage. And I have learned a lot about, I guess, my... My situation uh, from sites like PsychCentral.com and from having a great therapist. I've had a lot of trouble making and keeping friends. I've been estranged from my family for a period of time. I've been divorced twice. You know, you and I, Vin, we didn't talk for a while. If we're if we're being honest with our our audience, and I didn't yeah. really understand why until I took time to understand. You know, look, I'm keeping people at arm's length and I am showing them that I don't trust them. I am adversarial in nature. And these are the things that I learned from sites like psychcentral.com by reading books on my disorder and of course in therapy. So if you are a person that feels that you are having trouble making relationships because maybe you had a relationship in your past that didn't go so well, whether it be because you're a child of divorce or if you're divorced yourself for whatever reason, I strongly suggest, and I'm sure Vin will agree with me that that you look into this as a possible cause and you explore it and it doesn't hurt to explore anything when you say right then thank you for taking time on your vacation i know that lake tahoe is beautiful i have been there i remember i didn't look up from my phone but when i did <laughs> it was fantastic thanks for smacking me in the back of the head on that trip i hope that you will subscribe Leave a rating, leave a review on iTunes, spread the word, sharing is caring, and that's a wrap. We will see you next week. Thank you, everyone.
0: Psychcentral.com is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psychcentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is a professional speaker, award-winning writer, and mental health advocate. You can find more information on Gabe and his work at GabeHoward.com. Vincent M. Wales is an award-winning speculative fiction novelist and suicide prevention crisis counselor. You can find more information on Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email